0: This week on Twip Weddings, we're delving into a bit of a heavy topic, but one that's important for wedding photographers to think about. Many of us are solo entrepreneurs who run our businesses by ourselves for the most part. But what if something happened to you tomorrow that prevented you from being able to run your business, either for a short period of time or indefinitely? Do you have a plan in place for someone else to run your business while you're unable to? What would happen to your clients? We'll answer these questions and more on this week's episode of Twip Weddings. And welcome back to another episode of Twip Weddings. Uh, once again, my name is Bruce Clark, and we've got him back. He's back in the fold, Mr. Brian <laughs> Capparici. Welcome, hello, sir. Hello,
1: hello. Yes, it's very. It's great to be back. It's been a while. It's been sort of a... I was on a hiatus for a little bit there, but I'm, yeah. I'm back and running for good full reason, steam ahead. Though. For good reason, for yes. For good we reason, had, yes. We had our, our son uh, three and a half weeks ago.
0: Congratulations. So, yeah, thank
1: you. took a bit of a paternity leave, and... Hey, I, I say, like, that's the whole point of being in business for yourself, right? Is that you can do those kinds of things for yourself and for your family. So yeah. I, uh, I don't regret it. Absolutely. So yeah. glad to have you back. We've missed you. So it's, it's great, great to, be good to have you back.
0: <laughs> now, now we've got you back, but we're missing Robert this week, unfortunately. <laughs> right. So Robert right. had um, some, his computer went down that he uses in his in his bat cave uh, to record the show. His computer went down. So he was unable to join us this week, but he's hopefully got a new computer on order and will be back with us on the next show but um so uh so this week uh we're gonna talk about it's a little bit of a heavy topic i guess uh, Mm -hmm. but we're gonna we're gonna talk about succession planning um and just things that wedding or really any photographers um should be doing to kind of safeguard their businesses in the event something ever happens to them and they're unable to run it for even a you know a short period of time or a long you know a longer period of time how, you know, how can it kind of continue on and keep running? So, but before we get into that topic, uh, we want to remind you, you've got a couple of different ways that you can participate in the show. Uh, We've got our website, of course, thisweekinfoto.com. There you'll find uh, our show and all the other great shows that are on the uh, Twip network. Um, You can leave your comments on the show notes. uh, And of course, we leave all the links to everything we talk about there in the show notes. So if you're looking for stuff we talk about, like our picks of the week and things like that, you can just head over to the website that's where you'll find those Um, if you do have a question or a suggestion for a topic uh, for a future episode there's a couple of ways you can interact you can send us an email uh, twipwed at thisweekinphoto.com or if you go to the thisweekinphoto.com website and just click on the contact form you can actually choose the show that you want to interact with and put in your message there and it'll come right into us and we'll get your message so feel free to share that with us if you want to let us know um, you know a topic you'd like us to cover or You have a question for us, and of course, if you uh, are on the social medias, uh, we're kind of we're on Instagram. You can follow us there at TwipWed, um, or just add the hashtag TwipWed to your posts, and we'll keep an eye out for those. And our Facebook group is a really uh, awesome place. We got uh, more people joining every week. Lots of discussion happening there, so just head on over and join our uh, Facebook groups. So there's lots of ways you can get in touch with us. Lots of ways get in touch. Yeah, we love to hear from our audience. So. Without further ado, let's let's jump into it. Uh, so, like it. I said off the off the top, I thought uh, you know I thought this week could be interesting, and, and the the sort of the motivation for this topic came. I was just recently at Canada Photo Convention. And I had the opportunity to listen to Tim King um, speak. And one of the things that uh, Tim was talking about was uh, sort of an unfortunate uh, tragedy that had happened to a friend of his who was, happened to be, be uh, somebody that he met at Canada Photo Convention. And he became kind of his, his second shooter, a little bit of his right-hand man, uh, but he also uh, ran his own photography business. And he had a really tragic accident. He was out just skateboarding, fell off his skateboard, um, and cracked his skull, and, and, he, and he passed away unfortunately. So it, it got me to thinking, you know, about succession planning. And, you know, a lot of us are solo entrepreneurs, you know, who run our own businesses and a, and a lot of times by ourselves. Um, so what if something happened to you tomorrow um, that prevented you from being able to run your business? You know, do you have a plan in place for someone else to run your business while you're unable to? You know, what would happen to your clients? So I thought it would be an interesting topic for us to kind of dig in. And, you know, I, I haven't done it a lot myself, but I thought it would be good to plant the seeds even to get people thinking about it, and, you know get it front of mind. So, you know, um, so Brian, maybe let's, let's tackle it from your um, side of things. Do you have a succession plan? Is it something you've kind of thought about in the event that something were to happen to you? Or let's say in the case you have a baby and you have to take some time away from your business, (laughs) Um, you know, do you have a succession plan and somebody to kind of run the ship if you were unable to for, for a while?
1: Yes. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think um, I do. Um, actually, um, if any of our listeners also listen to our, my podcast, the Sprouting Photographer podcast, they'll know Rob Knoll, who is uh, one of the co-hosts on the podcast. He's also a partner here at Sprout. Um, him and I sort of have a mutual agreement together. That we are sort of each other's backup if anything ever happened to either of us, that we needed to sort of get in and run run the ship for a little bit. Yeah. Um so we've we've had that conversation, which again is like a kind of uncomfortable, weird conversation to have to have. It's like if if I pass away, will you kind of take the ropes a little bit, right? But yeah. but it's it's something that's really important. And and I think I think like what this all comes down to, in my opinion, anyways, is um oftentimes we get, I mean, obviously we're all tied to our own business, right? Like Brian Caparichi photography is Brian but I think so often uh, we become so dependent on our own ability to do things that it ends up hindering us when we want to take a vacation, when we want to take time off. If something ever were to happen, if we were to get hospitalized, if we were to get sick or get injured or anything like that, if everything you do in your business, if the whole machine, if the churn of your business is exclusively dependent on you as the business owner, I think you're probably setting yourself up not only for a potential disaster if something critical goes wrong but you're also not setting yourself up for a very balanced lifestyle if you want evenings off or weekends off or a vacation or a couple weeks off or if you whatever it is i mean you're not really setting yourself up for success in that area so i think in my opinion this kind of brings it to a bit of a bigger discussion where it's mm-hmm. like why are we so dependent exclusively on ourselves. I think we should be setting ourselves up with better systems in our business, um, outsourcing certain things, having contractors, relying on other people to help us do things, automating certain things, using processes so that the machine can keep running even without us constantly feeding it fire.
0: Right. So what would be an example of something that you've in your own business that kind of uh where you were responsible for it, where you were kind of the one doing it, that you were able to kind of outsource or systematize in some way so that you could go, you know, put your feet up for a couple of weeks on a beach somewhere and, yeah. and things would sort of continue. Can you give me an example of, for of sure, yeah. just an element I, of your business?
1: I remember probably um I got married in it was in so 2011. Um, at that point, I had run my business for about six years, uh, and it was just myself, right? So I was just just crushing things. I was super busy, busy. I use mm-hmm. the word busy very sparingly, <laughs> but I was very busy. I was overrun. I was burnt out. And I was at the place where if you were to ask me this question back then, I'd be like, oh my gosh, there's, there's no way I'm going to be able to take time off. It just couldn't happen. Um, I hired a studio manager. So I hired an employee full-time, 40 hours a week, who came in and basically They weren't to come in and do more shooting or to do, you know, produce any more business, but more so to help me maintain things. And I remember almost immediately I was able to see the results of that once I got her up to speed and trained and on board with sort of the system of running the studio. And then I remember probably three months or four months after that, I was at a professional photographers of Canada meeting and I was talking to a few other photographers and I said, yeah, you know, like everything was great. I've been doing all these things. I went on vacation here. I did this. I haven't worked past four o'clock in like a couple of months, you know, and I remember one of the photographers saying, hang on. So you're running this like really successful, very busy photography business yet you haven't worked a day past four o'clock in a couple of months how is that even possible and i just said well it's because i've set up the systems and because i have now support in my business to be able to do that right so I, i guess for me i mean i'm not saying that hiring an employee is the answer for everybody but certainly a lot of the times that might be the solution if you just can't handle the workload and everything that comes with running a business by yourself at some point although that person may not justify more sales or more business, they will help you run a more managed business so that you can potentially take some time off or step back a little bit, or you can focus your time in other areas that are you know better used for that.
0: Yeah. And did you, did you find when you brought that person on board, it almost forced you to uh, really learn and refine and hone your own systems as well, because in order, to, in order to teach somebody yes. that you kind of had, I find that like when I teach anything, whether I'm teaching yep. flash or lighting or whatever, in the process of teaching it, I, I learned things about my own, you know, you probably learned things about your own system or you probably found gaps or holes or things mm-hmm. and said, Oh, I don't really know actually how that works. I better
1: figure that out so that i can pass it on to the next person right yeah you know that's that's actually such an interesting point because so often if we're always the one doing something right whether it's editing or emailing or mailing things or packaging a print or whatever it is in our business if we're always the one doing it we probably just do it on autopilot and just do it with the assumption that that's how it gets done but then as soon as you have to show someone that it almost makes you think about what you're doing and it's like oh Um, do I do that bow the same way every time or do I not? Or do I kind of waste time thinking of what I should be sending in this email? Or do I actually have email templates that I can just be using to send out every single time? So it it does, you're right. It forces you to think about what you're doing and why you're doing it. And maybe that's actually a good process, you know, like for photographers that are listening, whether or not you want to hire employees Maybe you should document your entire process of everything you do in your business now as if you were having to teach it to a studio manager because, A, it forces you to think about it. You can be more critical about your own processes, so you'll probably optimize it. But then, in doing so, you now have a documentation of it. So if anything ever happened, you've got it documented to say, when someone inquires, here's what happens. When an album comes in, here's what happens. When a wedding is done, here's what happens.
0: Yeah, that would be, an, I think that would be an excellent exercise for any photographer to sit down and do. And even if, even if, you know, you don't have an assistant or hire somebody to do it, like you say, it's going to help you even evaluate and it might be a, almost like a, like a systems process audit. Um, Where you go through and sit down and review, like, you know, why are some of these things maybe are taking you a lot longer than they need to take you? Are there ways that we can improve our efficiencies in certain areas? And you might even find just by going through and doing that exercise that you find, you know, you find some time, you find some ways to uh, maximize your efficiency, cut down on some steps. Maybe, maybe there's, you know, things that are taking you longer than they need to do. Like maybe you look at your, you know, your packaging as an example, and maybe that takes you a long time because like, I know I suck at rap. Or tying bows, <laughs> I know my lab offers boutique packaging for an right. extra few bucks. They can they can do the packaging for right. it. Maybe that's a step that you get them to do it instead of you doing it or something like that. It's just an example off top kind of off. Yeah, of head, no but.
1: i i think it's like I think it's so true. And I'm just now thinking of another quick example that. Um, I've been teaching pricing to photographers for probably six years now, and every single time when I teach pricing, part of the lecture of teaching pricing is to say, you know, let's, l- let's look at what goes into any number of your product lines or a or, or singular, you know, item in your product line, whether it's a print or a session or an album or whatever. And part of that process that I teach and recommend to photographers is to document what goes into it so you can actually say, you know, this is what goes into producing this product or service right like oftentimes i might say to a photographer well you know what goes into an album for you and they'd be like oh you know i can design it in about two hours so you know roughly two hours the cost of the album and Uh, off we go but then when i say well let's document everything how long does it take to find the images to retouch them to design it to go back and forth with revisions to review the album at the end to order it from the lab to review it once it comes in to meet with a client when they want to come pick it up all those kinds of things two hours just turned into 12 hours right you know and just the process of being critical and writing it down made them realize oh yeah so maybe that's a good exercise to recommend
0: yeah. And what software are you using to, right. you know, to, to do the proofing? Are you, are you yeah. doing proofing in person or are you putting it online? And then if you're putting it online, are you paying for that service? What does that yeah. service cost a year? Yeah. Divide that by the number of, you know, albums you do in a year. So they, yeah, yeah there's all those little things kind of that you f- maybe forget about because they just become routine and part, you know, again, like you do them on autopilot and you kind of forget them, but right. they're, they can be an important part. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And if you miss that step, it, you know, the whole, house of cards could come down as well. Right. So exactly documenting that and having a good system in place. So, um, have you ever run into a situation or have you heard, um, of, of a situation kind of where you weren't able to even photograph a wedding? Now we're not talking long-term, but even just a short-term thing where you weren't Mm -hmm. able to, to, uh, you know, shoot a wedding or you knew something was coming up. You weren't going to be able to do because of a, a, you know,
1: a, a life event, whether it's something that happened to you or a family event or something like that. Yeah, it's it's never happened to me personally, um, but certainly I have the support and infrastructure set up that if it did, I would have a solution. Um, But I do know someone locally, actually Rob, the one I mentioned earlier, um, ended up filling in for someone locally, a, a mutual friend of ours who... Um, this photographer was supposed to be photographing a wedding on the Saturday. And on the Friday, he woke up with like the worst pain ever in his stomach. And he went to the doctors, the emergency room. And they basically said like, you, we need to get you in right now for emergency surgery. I think it was his kidney had imploded or some weird Ooh. thing, like some really bad thing that was like, this cannot wait. You're right. going in under the knife right now. And the doctor basically said like, you're going to be bedridden for a couple of weeks. And, and then the photographer was like, I have a wedding tomorrow. And he's like you're not shooting it <laughs> yeah <laughs> so this photographer called rob and said oh my gosh like i'm in the hospital i'm about to go into surgery here's what's going on can you figure something out at the time rob was actually uh the president of professional photographers of canada ontario okay so basically this photographer had called rob to say hey i'm part of this association here's what's going on can you either cover this if not can you help me get this covered that's that's what i need help with and uh that's part of sort of the the benefit of being part of a professional association that you have that kind of support uh, and infrastructure and community. And Rob ended up photographing the wedding the next day for him. Obviously saved his butt. They had to explain it to the clients. And the clients, I believe, got some kind of discount back because it wasn't the original photographer. But at least the client had a photographer at their wedding, right? Right. They weren't left hanging without yeah, anybody yeah. showing up. Yeah. 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 So, so, no, I mean, it hasn't happened to me, but I've heard many stories like that. Um, where where you know you kind of get that backup and you need it. I also remember seeing, as a side note, to, to talk about the opposite experience. Um, someone I went to school with uh, back in high school, I saw them post maybe two years ago on Facebook. They posted something. Uh, obviously, she knew I was a wedding photographer, but it had nothing to do with me. She said, oh, yeah, I was at a wedding on the weekend. And... Uh, There was a female photographer, you know, my friend whose wedding it was, had hired this photographer who was kind of like a bit of an amateur, but was kind of learning the ropes and getting up there. And this photographer in the middle of the ceremony got a phone call from her husband or the babysitter back home saying that, you know, one of the kids was sick or wasn't feeling well or whatever. This photographer literally left the ceremony and went home and spent the rest of the day with the family and basically told the bride and groom, sorry, but my family needs me right now. So I got to go. Mm. And left the couple without a photographer for the rest of the day. Yikes. So my friend on Facebook was posting this saying, like, you know, to the general public, like, what? what do you think? Like, is this right? Is this not right? Et cetera, et cetera. And my opinion is that like, yeah, I mean, emergencies, families come first, but you can't just leave your couple high and dry like that if you don't have a contingency plan. So I think you have to think about those things. Oh yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. I've seen it that, you know, a few instances here and, you know, I'm part of a few, I used to, I was a member of the, of the PPOC for a mm-hmm. number of years. I'm not currently, um, but I certainly formed a lot of really good relationships um, being part of that organization. And, and I, you know, I know that if something were to happen, you know and I needed to find somebody that I could, you know, I could lean on some of those connections that I made um, during that time. And, and they would, you know, I'm sure rally, you know, you know, find somebody or if they could do it themselves, but if they couldn't, you know, kind of rally support. But I've also seen, you know, uh, just, you know, getting to know your community of other photographers Mm -hmm. and not being an island. Right. There's some, I think most photographers are generally pretty social in most cities. Right. They'll go out and network and get to know other photographers. But, you know, there are cases sometimes if you move or relocate maybe to a new city and you don't know anybody, um, you know, it takes time to build that network up. Of, you know, other people that you can reach out to or connect with if something like that happens. So, you know, we've got a number of different ways of doing that. There's, you know, some Facebook groups that I've seen where people will do that if something comes up in it, you know, it's urgent, you know, they can kind of put the call out and, and see who's available. It's certainly sometimes it can be difficult because, you know, the, the photographers might have their own jobs booked, particularly when you get into the summer season. Right. It might become, you know, the popular dates like August, for example, here uh, where we live. I know August is always like the most hmm. popular. Right. So um, but there's generally somebody around that could probably you know, help you out. But um, an interesting thing was that. Uh, so Tim King in his talk at, at CPC, um, you know, this when this incident happened, it made him realize that he didn't really have something, you know, sort of more um, formal in place. And so he what he did is he had three really good friends who were um, photographers, but sort of semi retired photographers. They weren't really in the game anymore. Um, but, you know, they they had the skills and they could jump in and shoot a wedding tomorrow if they needed. And so what he did is he's got a team of three guys that he calls them his godfathers. Um, and essentially they have the keys to his business. And so if something so they kind of know uh, all about his systems, they know, like, OK, if something were to happen to, to me tomorrow, he, here's where he, he keeps all of his bookings. Um, you know, Here's where we can find out his calendar of what he's got coming up for shoots. Here's how we can get, you know, his, his uh, database of clients. Um, so they have all that plus their photographers so they could step in and actually shoot the job, mm-hmm. um, at least in the, you know, in the short term um, and then develop whatever long-term solution if he's you know if it was a case where say <clears throat> he, he passed away or had a serious illness and was going to be hospitalized for a long period of time so he right he recommended setting up your own team of you know of godfathers so to speak um to be you know the ones that could potentially back you up if something were to happen what okay, do you think, think of that concept of having well, i mean you kind of have a bit of a godfather and robert
1: a little bit i guess right? yeah i mean i i I kind of have mixed feelings. I mean, I definitely see where he's coming from on that, and I love it. I guess my only thought is um, having multiple people, yes. Are they going to be actively involved in what you're doing? Probably not because they're no longer in it and you know that kind of thing. So I've kind of got mixed feelings about that. I think I like, I like the core message behind it, right, where it's basically like make sure you've got a backup plan. Make sure you have that succession plan or you have a contingency plan if something were to go wrong. But I think really what it comes down to is – The, you know, looking at the bigger picture of it to say, like, do you have something documented? Do you have. Something written down. Do you have your passwords in one place? Do you have all your systems, your clients, your bookings, your calendars, your invoices, your galleries, everything in an organized way that someone could step in and, and figure it out? You know, I mean, the worst thing would be for something to happen. And then someone comes into your business, and they're like, Oh, my gosh, they've got emails over here. And then I think that they've got a bunch of packages over here that have to be mailed out. But I'm not sure what that is for. Like there's no organized system for it. Mm -hmm. Um, Like something great that I've seen a lot of photographers use that I think is wonderful um, is something like a workflow chart, right? Like Mm -hmm. I've seen people do it with like a whiteboard, for example. I think Design-A-Glow actually makes a template for it where basically you list all your clients on the left-hand side, all the sort of workflow steps for a client on the top, and then you just check off each client in each step as you do it. So anyone could come into your business and say, okay, great. This is where every client is at right now. And therefore, this is the next step for each client. So it's very easy to do. But if you have all that up in your head and don't have that documented anywhere, written anywhere, or organized anywhere no one's gonna be able to come in and just start running your business
0: yeah absolutely yeah so it probably all goes back and stems back to how ha- you know your own systems and making yeah. sure that you've got systems in place whatever that might be right they might right. be using something like oh like i don't know say
1: like a sprout studio perhaps maybe <laughs> well um, i mean i wasn't gonna to go too obvious yeah, but, on the plug yeah. <laughs> but i mean certainly i <laughs> mean having everything in one place is great right but whether yeah. you use that or you use shoot queue or you use I and mean, whatever it is right yeah. just having a system where you organize your business instead of it all being up in your head i think that's the most important thing
0: yeah and getting it down somewhere in some some you know on paper or in a document or something that and and having somebody that knows where that document is as well because again it Mm -hmm. doesn't no good if you have the document but then nobody can ever find where that document is right so (laughs) it can become a problem so that's something that i realized is that you know i need to spend some more time you know with my wife getting her up to speed on some of these things as well because i just Mm -hmm. there is a lot of it that Probably is in my head. You know, a, a lot of, I do document a fair amount, but I, I, I could do a better job of it. I almost need to sit down and build a, you know, a manual for the business, right? Like, yeah. A, here's how to run the business kind of manual, like a how-to well, manual. And, and
1: again, like, I, I really think that's a great idea, whether or not you're planning on teaching it to somebody or not. Just, the, again, like we said earlier, the process of writing a manual on how to run your business from start to finish, everything involved, every process, every system, it's going to be a lot of work, but it's important work about, you know, work, working on your business. And, and I know f- with hundred percent certainty that the process of going through that, you will end up finding improvements and being able to optimize things and finding more efficient ways to do things that will make up for the time that you spent to plan this out. Yeah. You know so if you spend 40 hours to make this process manual in doing so you will find ways to save more than 40 hours guaranteed. Yeah. And maybe add it I would suggest rather than cuz it could be a bit daunting to say okay I'm
0: going to sit down and review all my workflow and all my systems. something I'd suggest and I'm thinking about I might do this with our next wedding is at, you know right from the initial stage of you know whether it's the the inquiry and follow it all the way through is just begin start documenting that workflow for right. one client. As you're sort of working along. So it might take you, say, six or eight months or a year even to to do it. Right. Right. But you do it in little chunks, like break it into more manageable pieces and say, OK, now what am, what am I doing next for this client? OK, right. I'm emailing them about their engagement session. Right. right. OK, let me take after I've done that, let me take five minutes and go back to my procedures document and document that. Right. So it's front of mind. You're not going back and thinking, "Now what do I do next after that?" You kind of do it as you're actually going through the process, and you might right. even discover
1: some things there that your steps you're missing or steps that you. Yeah, don't Yeah, I do. mean, I I have a bit of a mixed a mixed thought on that actually, and I, I'm just discovering this in my head as we're talking about yep. it. But the, but for me, succession planning is more about how do we how do we make sure things don't fall apart versus how do we. Uh, you know, keep things going as is, you know, like if something were to happen to me, and I I were to be hospitalized, and it was, you know, horrible, I wouldn't expect that, like, we'd still have an engagement session for every one of my couples, right? Right. You know, like this week, right? Or so I wouldn't expect that they'd still get the Starbucks card mailed to them. It's like, (laughs) but I would not expect for them to like not get their images or not get the album that had been ordered for them already or to finish up the album or things like that. Right. So I feel like there's, there's a bit of a difference in planning to sort of maintain the same level of customer experience that you're used to giving people versus planning so that if something horrible were to happen you know, shit wouldn't hit the fan type of thing. Right. Yeah. That's
0: a good point. Yeah. Because there could be, it could be just a temporary thing where you just need to, you need to keep the business chugging along until you're able to get back in there and and, and drive again. But there could be, like you say, the alternative, which is obviously the kind of the extreme case scenario is where, you know, basically it might be the end of the business if something dire were to happen to the owner. Right. Right. Um, Like I can't see if, if something were to happen to me tomorrow and I was no longer around. I don't see the the business probably continuing, right? Most most likely, right? right. Uh, for the most part, I am I am the business, right? So how do you, yeah, how do you deal with those weddings that are booked for the next year, right? right that you're obviously not going to be able to shoot, right? right. Um, so
1: it's kind of like it's the difference of someone being able to come in pick up the pieces, see where things are at, and then email the bride for next year and say, hey, just letting you know, here's what's happened, here's what's going on, here's what we're doing, we'll keep you updated, right? Right. So it's like succession planning for me is more like that, at least for photographers, right? I mean, the idea of succession planning comes from like, Bigger businesses and corporations where they try and get their employees to a point where they could be reliable on things that other people are currently reliable on. But I feel like for most wedding photographers, succession planning is less that because, again, if if I were to pass away tomorrow my business probably is not going to continue running right i mean we're going to make sure everyone's serviced and you know deposits get refunded things like that but like we're not going to have a new brian that comes in and shoots all the weddings for next year right probably not how how i would plan it anyways so it's like the difference of someone being able to come in pick up the pieces settle down things calm the storm and make sure everything sort of gets gets over overseen with with proper care versus someone coming in and just basically Picking up the business as if nothing ever happened. Right. So I, th- I think that's where sort of having that. Now with that, we, we both just said something important about like, well, what happens about? You know, we're wedding photographers. This is this weekend weddings. What about weddings that we're photographing next year? If that were to happen, um, all those deposits that we would have collected for those weddings next year should technically be refunded. Yes. Um, yeah. Based on all that. Now that's a very important uh, lesson I think for photographers to to ponder. Um, regarding deposits and financial planning, you know, like mm. technically, whenever we receive deposits for a wedding, we should not be spending that money. That money should be technically sitting aside because a- that money is actually a liability. That money is not income that we've that we've earned or gained. Yep. That's a liability. So, sort of them saying, "Here's a fifteen hundred dollar deposit f- for me to hold that date for you in the future." Right. But if we don't have that date held for them anymore because something happens, that money gets to go back to them. Yep. So I think we just have to be careful with that, because I can imagine a lot of photographers finding themselves in a position where if they had to refund $30,000 worth of deposits for next year's weddings, they might find themselves in a bit of a sticky situation where they're having to go into debt to cover that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And that would be something. And if, you know, again, in, in the case of something really dire happening to you, you know, that could be, you know, a, a debt that somebody else now has to mm-hmm. to deal with. And it, become, it could become a burden to somebody else, yeah. right? So yeah. you don't want to end up leaving that behind for other people to you know to have to clean up and deal with right what about wills have you um you know probably again a lot of photographers you know probably it's not something that they've thought about um what about that aspect and if you know they're with their business and those kinds of
1: things uh i mean from a legal standpoint i don't really know if again this is just my personal opinion i'm sure some of the businesses that you know we've got we've got many users for example that use sprout and i know there's a lot of photographers in, in the u.s that you know run these these big businesses with mul- multiple photographers, and they've got storefronts and things like that. I would say that kind of situation would probably warrant more of the legal side of things in terms of a will. Mm-hmm. But for my business, again, Brian Capricci Photography, it's me and my studio manager. If something were to happen in terms of my will, you know, n- the business isn't going to go on. There's not really any assets to sell. Uh, I mean, other than obviously the camera equipment, various things like that. But that would just be assumed to go to the to, to my successor, which would be my wife. Right. So I don't I, I don't know how much sense again I we could have a lawyer on the podcast that would argue with me on that and I could be totally wrong but I think for most sort of one man shows or one to two man shows I don't know if if going to the length of having it in a will really makes sense but what would, what's your opinion on it
0: Yeah I, yeah I, I would agree with you I think it depends a little bit on your situation um, It might differ if you have like an incorporated business um, right. Perhaps there might be some again this would be something where you know we are not lawyers, so we we can't dispense you know right, legal right. advice. Of course, yeah. Um, but even just having like having a will, um, I think is is an important thing to have. We. We keep saying we're going to go get them written and we just right. haven't gotten around to doing it. And then something happens, you know, you hear of things happening to people and then you realize kind of the importance of it. Because even mm-hmm. if you're, even if you're married, you just sort of logically assume like, okay, well, if I passed away tomorrow, things would, would go to my wife. Um, right. but that isn't necessarily always the case. You know, stuff mm-hmm. can then get held up. If there right. isn't a will in place, stuff can get, assets can get held up sometimes for you know a long period of time um and so if you know if things like deposits have to get returned if something happened Mm -hmm. to me we were unable to continue to shoot the weddings you know, that, there could be a whole bunch of just a, more of a mess for the people. It's not, not so much for you or, you know, if you passed away, well, you passed away. It's it's off your shoulders at that point. It's more of <laughs> it's more of the burden to those that are that are left behind. Right. So you right. want to try to make, I think, make it as simple and clean for those that are would be left behind in the event that something like that happened as well. Right. So right. I think just having something in place like like a will would probably help uh, more so than not having one, I would assume. Right. So. Yeah, for sure. But it gets you thinking about it, right? And you have to decide yeah. for yourself. And every everybody's situation is different. And uh, but I know it's definitely something that uh, that we keep intending to go and get done, and we keep hmm. putting it off because it's not you know <laughs> it's not something you want to think about. But right. you have to think about right. it, right? Anything yeah. you know, anything can happen. I you know the the school that I teach at here, um, you know, unfortunately the owner the owner passed away, and he uh, he only had about two and a half weeks. At least he had two and a half weeks to sort of get his affairs in order, but, you know, he was feeling fine, started to have some stomach issues, went mm. to the hospital, and two days later they diagnosed him with uh, stage 4 pancreatic cancer, and two and a half weeks later he was gone. And he, you know, same thing, like with his business, he was he ran the business for the most part with his right. wife supporting, but she didn't know all the pieces to the business. Right. Um, so, you know, again, <clears> she <throat> had to call on some other people to step in and help her out um, on some, you know, some of the back end, the technical. Right. Stuff, right? But so it's situations like that that'll happen in life that you realize that you know anything could happen tomorrow mm-hmm. or today. Um, you never like to think about it; it's kind of a, a morbid thing to think about. But it can happen, um, right. so you want to make sure that you're you're planning for it in some in some way. Um, you raise an interesting point about passwords and things like that. So the digital, right. you know, the digital. My pick of the week is going to be uh, sort of related to this, but hmm. um, a lot of our stuff lives in you know in the digital world, right? We've got sites all over the place. We might have systems, we might have email, we might have spreadsheets, we might have different social media accounts, things like that. Um, Do you have a way of of managing that? Or do you have Mm -hmm. somebody that knows how to get into all that stuff if something were to happen to you and you weren't able to? I have sticky
1: notes all around. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't. I I use an app called Dashlane, actually. Um, And I love Dashlane. I've gone through a couple of them. I've tried one called LastPass. I've Mm -hmm. tried one called 1Password. Uh, mm-hmm. And I've really settled on Dashlane now. I've been using it for a couple of years and I love it. Oh, um, basically what one. happens is you have like one master password. Yes. And then once you get into the master password, Dashlane basically has everything else. And in Dashlane, not only do I have all of my passwords, my logins, all that kind of thing, but I also have all my credit cards, my social insurance number, um, all my addresses, all my phone numbers, all different kinds of things like that. So it actually acts, because there's a plugin for like Google Chrome and Firefox and all that, it acts as an autofill. So basically whenever I go to any website in Google Chrome, Dashlane just picks it up and says, hey, want to log in as this? I click yes and go, it logs me in. So anyone that goes on any of my computers, my iPad, my iPhone, anything, um, as long as they've put that master password into Dashlane, it will log them into any piece of software they need to get into on my computer.
0: Nice. And I'm assuming yeah. that you've like somebody like your wife or whatever knows the master, yeah. that master password. So you have a backup yeah. in case, because exactly. yeah, I mean, we ran into that when my brother-in-law passed away and, uh, you know, it was sort of like, well, do we know how to access his, you know, cause there's different things like we, I think about it, we've got a bunch of things connected to credit cards, mm-hmm. you know, auto payments and things like that that are connected to credit cards, um, and you think about that and it's like oh yeah we got that recurring you know <laughs> uh, adobe software renewal that comes up every year or right. um, you know and all these things are linked and you need logins and passwords to get in at all right. that stuff to change or modify it so so much of that digital um you know Footprint. asset management is important you know yeah. as well
1: i think even with that though you you know you just mentioned something about just like sort of knowing what's going on and i guess this could be part of the whole writing a process manual but I know that what, what we do in our business is I actually have a spreadsheet of like, here's all the expenses, where they come out of and how much the expense is. Just so that I, I mean, it's good for me to sort of see like, holy cow, yeah. that's where my money's going. <laughs> yeah. But also for anyone to sort of jump into the spreadsheet and just say, okay, so like they've got this coming off of this card. The insurance comes out of this account on this day of the month. This is paid annually. This is this, this is that. And it just gives them a bit of an overview to say, this is what's happening in terms of finances with their business.
0: Yeah, I've done that as well. And I've got a spreadsheet that lays it all out again, because a lot mm-hmm. of the stuff, it you know, it's just automated, right? You set it once and then it kind of, you yeah. forget about it after that point, right? So yeah. going through that process and auditing that process, you know, I had to do that when one uh, of our, our credit cards got compromised and, and people were trying right. to buy, you know, <clears throat> shoes from Foot Locker in New York or something like that. So they, you know, they had to cancel the card. So then I had to right. go back through and figure out, well, where else was I using this card that I had to go in now and update the mm. credit card number and I realized right. that there was probably about 20 different services that I had to go back in and update that credit card number. So right. that was a little bit of a pain in the butt. So, mm. yeah, I haven't heard of Dashlane before. I'll have to check it out. I've yeah, been it's using great. I've been using LastPass. Okay. Um, and it works really, really well. And they added a new feature recently with their most recent update. Um, and you can... Um, Assign somebody to be like a representative on your mm. account, and so what happens is, uh, so say I appointed my wife to be the the representative. What she can do is she can then request access to my LastPass account, mm. and if 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 I don't approve it within two or three days, they just it automatically will grant her access to it. So it it assumes that That's something has cool. happened to me right. that I can no longer access it, and then it gives her. But I, I right. would get a notification. Right. And I could shut her out. I could say, no, I don't want her to access right. it. But but if I didn't respond to it, and I think it's within two or three days, then mm-hmm. she would be granted full access to it. So there's there's ways you can set up people that are sort of, um, I don't think of the term they would be, but um, like a kind of like a successor. Yeah, yeah. So they could then access. So in the in the case of something happened to me, and again, if right. she needed to get into any of these websites, I could set her up as an, uh, you know an authorized user on the account, and then she could request access and then Boom, away she
1: goes. So that was kind of a cool feature that they added um, a little while ago. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, Something else just spawned for me just in talking about having a list of sort of the credit card bills and all those things that are happening, uh, where the finances are. Something else that may not be a bad idea is to sort of somewhere document who all your vendors are what the products are that you typically order and then like contact information, right? Like mm. to say, cause then if someone were to come in and, and needed to sort of order an album or order a print or call in, you know, cancel something or whatever, you know, having a list to say, okay, vision art is, and I order the photo book, this is the phone number provision art. Fineo, I order the Fineo one. This is the size. This is their phone number. Uh, you know, clear Crystal Clear Princecanada.com If they need to order new sleeves for something, you know, just having a list of all of your vendors, your suppliers, just again, probably would help you organize your business a bit better. So you're not having to go search for things later. Yeah. But also just kind of gives that really good snapshot if someone had to come in. sort of say what's going on with their business
0: yeah absolutely yeah that's a good point too yeah vendors and then obviously if you have employees there's you know Mm -hmm. there'll be things there to consider as well like in your case you've got a studio manager but if you had other employees or if you had associate photographers you know working in the business you know um how does that work who are they you know what's the what's the arrangement um with them you know so are all those systems documented you know so that if you know Again, you're out of, out of the picture for a little while. Could somebody step in and know that, oh, yeah, okay, this this associate photographer is shooting this wedding. Here's how I, you know, here's the workflow for that right. particular scenario, right? So you have to look at your business and really kind yeah. of do a, a high-level kind of analysis of all the steps and all the yeah. moving parts and all the moving pieces. Geez, running
1: a photography business is so easy, huh? It's so easy. All you need <laughs> is just a nice camera. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, th- these are the things that you really have to consider and think about. Yeah. And th- it's the day-to-day stuff
0: that you probably don't think about because, right. again, it becomes autopilot, right? It's the right. stuff that you do. Um, kind of
1: almost by routine. So, well, and, and something else. I don't know if you're if you're going to ask this or not, but I know it's in the in the notes to sort mm-hmm. of have a potential discussion about. But you know, what happens if something were to happen to you and you you know were were out of commission for six months, right? Well, all of a sudden now the income that you've been making and you've been used to making and that you've budgeted on having that income potentially could completely go away. Mm-hmm. So what happens then? You know, How do you support your family? If you have to support your family, how do you pay your bills? Um, so having something like a disability insurance or a critical illness insurance or various things like that, even having life insurance in place, if something really horrible were to happen to you, um, wh- what's going to kind of come in and, and help those who are your successors to help them manage everything, pay off bills, you know, make do without your income and your business. Yeah. Um, What do you you recommend? Do you you have any picks or
0: anything that you'd recommend? I mean, obviously we're here in in Canada, so it's going to be different depending where you are in the world, but here
1: in Canada, what uh, you got a health benefits program, a package. I do. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, so my recommendation actually, instead of suggesting what I do specifically, because I actually have like four different life insurance policies. We've got RRSPs. RSPs, we've got all different kinds of things like that that are all, um, uh, you can liquidate them in the event that, that you know, obviously I pass away. Um, but we also have health insurance and critical illness insurance and things like that. But my suggestion would be basically, you know, meet with a financial advisor and, and they're going to help you work through it. Mm-hmm. You know, a financial advisor will be able to sell you life insurance and critical illness insurance and disability insurance and anything like that. Basically, you need to meet with a financial advisor and say, here's my business here's you know here's my books here's the income that i'm used to making um help me set myself up not only in the situation that something were to happen really horribly to me but also in the case that what if i was away and couldn't shoot for three months or six months or for a year what if i were to lose my eyesight what would happen Mm -hmm. you know but then even further than that (laughs) this is getting more into financial planning but you know we're we're self-employed entrepreneurs Uh, we don't have the benefit of having a pension plan like most you know, employed people would would have by right. going to work for, yep. you know, the school board or something like that. So you should be planning for things like that. Uh, for retirement, you should be planning for an education fund if you want to be helping your your kids through school if you have kids. Mm-hmm. So all different kinds of things like that, those are conversations that you should have with a financial planner so that they can give you a recommendation based on your own circumstances.
0: Yeah, I really get your financial house in, in order as well, yeah. too, because that's such an, like you say, it's such an important part. Yeah. And probably, again, not something that a lot of photographers probably think <clears throat> no. about, right? Yeah. You know, they sort of, you know, they're kind of living in the moment. And, yeah. and for for a lot, probably, the case is they're probably living, you know, paycheck to paycheck or mm-hmm. deposit to deposit in some yeah. cases, right? Yeah. Where the money comes in for a deposit and it's probably, they're not, it's not in the bank. It's probably spent yeah. for whatever. Yeah. Right. So yeah. yeah, absolutely. Having that sound financial plan is, is really uh, an important part of running a, a business, but planning for the future. We, we're not going to do this forever. I know I don't right. plan on, yeah. I don't plan on shooting forever. Um, right. you know, I, I'm not planning on giving up anytime soon, but I don't plan <laughs> on shooting until I'm like 90 either. Right. right? I, you know, I want to be, I want to be able to enjoy some retirement. So you yep. do have to start planning for that and start putting aside, you know, money for retirement, because like you say, yeah. we don't have, you know, pensions and and these kinds of things um, that, you know, people working for, you know, I guess a regular nine to five kind of job for working for somebody else might have.
1: Yeah. So it's it's the hardest thing for me every fall. I have my, my, my premiums due for that, that Mm -hmm. stuff come out and I sort of, it kills me every time to write a check for the amount of money that I'm writing a check for, you know, because in total, I think it ends up being around fifteen dollars or $20,000 that I'm writing a check for every fall or multiple checks for various different things. And every time it kills me, I'm just like, oh, okay, I, just, I would love to have that money right now, right? right? Yeah. But then I look at it and I look at the forecast when I sit down with my financial advisor and he says that, you know, when I'm 50, I can basically retire and still have the kind of income that I'm used to having right now. And I look at that saying, like, that is definitely... A very sound business decision and personal decision to sacrifice that money now because come then I'll appreciate it and be thankful that I did it.
0: Yeah, you definitely have to put a little bit of that, you know, e- immediacy and being able to live in the now off a little bit, yeah, right? You have to 100%. delay some of that, right? For and, sure. And, but we're very much, I think, very much a, a bit of a now society, right? Yeah, we want. Yeah. We want things when we want things. And if we don't yep. have the money, a lot of people go out and borrow money or throw it on a mm-hmm. credit card, right? There's this, you know, we got to have it today. We can't save for tomorrow kind of mentality I find right now. And that's, yeah. get, it's getting people into a lot of problems. A lot of trouble, yeah. I know a lot of friends that don't have any savings, you know, and they're in there, you know, now they're getting into their 30s, um, late 30s, and they have no savings. They have no retirement so savings. And the later in life that they start doing that, it, you know, it gets harder and harder for them to be able to retire at a, you know, they yeah. might be having to work now till they're 70 or 75. Yeah. Right. And that's not really, you're not going to get to enjoy your
1: re- retirement. Right. So. Right. Well, there's, um, there's a Chinese proverb that I love uh, what this says. And I may butcher it a little bit, but it says the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The next best time is today, yeah. <laughs> you know? So it's like, yes, obviously it is. It would always have been better to have started planning these things and saving for these things. In the past because that's obviously oh, it'll all accumulate but if you didn't do that or if you didn't have the foresight don't use that as, as an excuse to delay anymore you know right. get on it today and start making a plan for these kinds of things
0: yeah absolutely even if you say like earmark 50 bucks or 100 bucks from each wedding yeah and you set that yeah. aside into an account that's that's your retirement account it's, totally it's not yeah. a lot but you know totally. do that over the course of 10 or 20 years start yep. now Yep. You, be, you know, that, that starts to add up, right? And it starts yep. to be a significant amount, right? So, and then, totally. you, you know, as, as funds allow, start putting more and more into that and you'll be yep. glad that you did. So, mm-hmm. excellent. Well, hopefully Great. that, you know, we planted a few seeds for people to think about just in terms of not only like, I think we kind of covered two topics really kind of short term. Um, not even succession planning, but just short term uh, taking Cri- over the crisis business. Crisis management, and, yeah, <laughs> crisis management, taking yeah. over the business in the event that something happened to you that was a short term or a temporary thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also thinking about kind of the long, the long, uh, you know, the long end game and succession planning, and kind of right. you know what does the future hold us if, if you you know were to pass away, or even right. just
1: you know want to retire and you know right. stop shooting <laughs> weddings, yeah, so. Yeah, I, I sort of like to look at it as just running a responsible business and planning a responsible business. Those are sort of the things that, although they're not fun and sexy and great, and I'd much rather be out there doing a styled shoot than planning for things like that, mm-hmm. it's, it's part of running a smart business and guaranteeing success, sustainability, and longevity. Yep. So if you're just starting
0: out, if you're a new photographer, if you're just starting out, now's a great time to start, you know, start doing that stuff right now. Yeah. Um, if you if you've got an established business and you haven't done that yet, now might be a good, again, a good exercise to sit down and look at your really critically analyze your business and, and really kind of map it out and draw it out and document it. Mm-hmm. Excellent. All right. Well, if you've got feedback for us or questions or want to share your thoughts on this topic, uh, definitely, you know, uh, Facebook group is a great spot for that or go to the website and share your comments there. We'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on that. All right, let's move on then. We've got a listener question this week. And this would be an interesting one. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this topic. I'm sure we might we may differ on this, but we'll see. Um, so each week, we get a listener question to answer on the show. And this week, we've got a question from Miroslav Salek. Hopefully, I pronounced your name correctly, Miroslav. Um, uh, Miroslav wants to know, do you guys have pricing on your website that is available to everyone? I am developing my website and wondering if I should include such a thing. Brian. What do you think?
1: Um, yes.
0: yes, so I'm of okay. the opinion.
1: Yeah, <laughs> short and sweet. Yes, I am of. Yeah, come on. When, am I, when is this ever short and sweet yeah. when I answer a question? <laughs> uh, I'm of the opinion um, that you do need to put your prices on your website, and and I say that with a caveat: not all of your prices, not all the details, and not everything, but at least some kind of indicator to say this is the ballpark. Okay. Um, because I think it acts in in a couple of ways. Number one, um, it's going to weed out anyone that, you know, you're completely out of the price range for. Mm -hmm. For example, if I say that my prices start at four thousand dollars and someone's got a budget of twelve hundred dollars, the chances of them end up booking me are very unlikely. And so I want to sort of set that expectation up front that this is what sort of you can expect as a ballpark. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to waste their time and I'm not going to waste my time. Um, and sort of stopping that. Right. Um, but it also, again, like sets that expectation where it's like if someone comes in and they've got a budget of $3,500 and they're like, oh, okay, he's around $4,000, the chances of them booking are pretty great. But also the chances of me being able to communicate what I do to them in a way that makes them want to spend more money is also pretty great because they're at least closer to where I'm sitting price wise. Mm-hmm. So I think that you have to do it because... It helps set expectations. It weeds out anyone, uh, that sort of isn't in your, in your range. But also, I think the third part, which is almost most important. Um, if you look at the way, you know, Bruce, you said that we live in the now culture today, which is very true. And the way that consumers use the internet and the way that we, the way that human behavior is on the web is that if we can't get the information or at least get an indication of the information that we are looking for, we will very likely just leave and go find it somewhere else. That's right, yep. You know, so it's like I've been on many websites, even just like in looking for an app or looking for a new social media tool or whatever, if they sort of say like, ooh, you must contact us to get pricing information, I'm either thinking they don't, they're not confident enough in their product to put it up front – they want to put me through some sales process and try and pitch me and hard sell me, which I'm not interested in. I just want to know whereabouts I'm looking to spend my money. Like, what what can I expect? Give me some kind of an idea. Right. So there's been many times where I've been on a website that didn't have the pricing information and I would just move on and not even get in touch because basically I'm saying, hey, if you don't want to put it up front there and you want to make me work, I don't want to work. Yeah. So I'm just going to leave. So yeah. I I think you have to put at least your starting prices and that's what I recommend and that's what I do in my business. Um. I don't think you should overwhelm with everything because you need to give them a reason to get in touch with you, right? Mm-hmm. If you if you put everything, all your options, all your packages, and everything on there, um, I'm of the opinion that they basically have everything they need, and there's no reason for them to get in touch with you, right? Yeah, see, I uh,
0: I'll I'll disagree a tiny little bit. And I'll tell you yeah. my experience. So I've had both. I've had we started out where we just put the range on, sort of starting at X number. Um, mm-hmm. and then, uh, about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, when we kind of updated our, the wedding side of things, um, I put our packages on there. I put, I listed our three packages. I listed what, what was included. And we've actually booked at least, at least four or five weddings where they, when they came to us, they said one of the, you know, one of the deciding factors was we didn't have to hunt around for information. You laid it right. out. It was very clear and we appreciated that. And it saved right. us time and we weren't being, you know, we felt like we weren't being jerked around. We knew very clearly. Clearly, like, here's what you offered. Here's what your packages were. And they kind of and they still wanted to meet with us because there's still right. things that they want to be able to see, you know, see the products that we include, see the album that's included. They want to come meet us and and, and get to know our personalities and things like that. So I think it didn't it didn't hinder meeting with with people. People still wanted to come in and, and meet with us and see us. But it was nice because they came in already a little bit pre-informed. They kind of had an, a rough idea of what they wanted, and then we were able to get the conversation uh, going. You know, around like, well, maybe, oh, well, maybe we do need a little bit more coverage, or maybe we do want a little bigger album, or these kinds of things. So, I, we found it's, it's actually been really beneficial to have our packages um, online. So, again, that, that's been our experience. So, yeah, it, it might work for some people. It might not work for others. So, but yeah, I think totally, definitely having some pricing information helps. Yeah. Like, yep, like you say, totally. whether it's detailed or not detailed, having something on there, I think definitely is a good idea. So hopefully yeah. that will help Miroslav uh, decide what he wants to do. Sweet. Excellent. Well, if you have a question, we want to hear from you. Uh, so just head on over to thisweekinphoto.com. You can leave your questions there uh, just by clicking the contact us button. Uh, or you can also email us at twipwed at thisweekinphoto.com. All right. So before we close things off, of course, we've got our picks of the week and each episode, we will share a photography related item that we think would be a benefit to wedding photographers. And our picks can be anything as long as they're somehow related to photography or the business of photography. Brian, what have you got for us? Something really topical for today's topic.
1: Yes, yes, I do. So it's a, um, you know, we talked about the idea of documenting what you do in your business, just to have sort of a process guide, a, a bit of a manual for your business and running it. Um, in the in the typical techie way. I mean, obviously you could just write that down. You could open up Google Docs and write it there. You could open up Textpad and write it there. But I kind of love the idea of having like nice little cool systems to do things to make it pretty, to make it easy, mm-hmm. to make it more straightforward. Because I think if you reduce friction, it makes it more likely to happen. Right, if it's if it's easier to do, if it's nicer to do, if it makes it more enjoyable, you're more likely to do something. Mm -hmm. So there's an app called Sweet Process, and I've used this in the past, and I love it. And sorry, when I say app, it's a web tool. Okay, it's a website basically, and it allows you to basically document a, a process: step one, step two, step three. But it does it in a really, really easy, straightforward, beautiful way. You can drag images around, and it's very simple. And then you can basically create, you know, documents that are all of your processes. You know, so it's like. To prepare for a wedding, step one, I do this, step two, I do this, step three, I do this, step four, I do this. To order an album, step one, I do this, here's a screenshot of this. Step two, I do this, here's a video I'm embedding of this. So you can do all different kinds of things like that to create a really simple, straightforward sort of step one, step two, step three procedure.
0: Very cool, yeah, I'm kind of showing the showing their interface here, they're kind of their front page, so it's yeah. sweetprocess.com. Yeah, it's very cool. That's cool, very cool. Nice, very good pick. So yeah, that's a great. Uh, I'm gonna have to look at that because I need to start doing that. So I'm gonna look at that tool. Good pick. There you go. How much do you know? Is there a
1: charge for it? Or I think there's a free account. I don't know what the paid one ends up being. Let's look at pro- price. Pretty yeah, pricing. It's on there. Uh, startup. Yeah, it's one. actually 29 bucks a month. That's
0: that's not cheap. Not insignificant. Yeah. So yeah. $30 so I guess it just
1: depends on how deep you want to get with it. Yeah. I'll give you. I'll give you an alternative for anyone that wants something else. I guess this is like pick of the week version two yep. or, for 1.2. Yep. Um, it's different, but it's somewhat related. It's a, an app called ScreenFlow. Oh, yeah. um, and we use we use this here in Sprout all the time because we're doing documentation videos and things sure. like that. But ScreenFlow, basically, you press record and it will record everything on your computer screen. Mm. So it's great. I actually did this when I had first hired a VA in between my last studio manager and my current studio manager. I had a, I'd had hired a VA to do a whole bunch of things for me, a virtual assistant. Mm. And I documented my process through ScreenFlow. Mm. So I basically opened up ScreenFlow, pressed record, and then I just said, hey, okay, I'm going to walk you through how I go and do this task. So first I go here and do this, and then I go here and do this, and then mm-hmm. I go here and do this. So it records my voice, it records my face talking, and then it also records the screen that I'm showing it on. So it's a great way to document different processes, and, yeah. and that's more of like a one-time fee of 29 bucks, and you download it once and you have it forever. So that's a great process too to make more in-depth documentation in video form of your processes. Awesome, excellent bonus pick. I like it. There you go. Very good. That makes up for Robert. So so that there one is like. Yes. Now we still have three picks of the week. Perfect. Excellent. Sounds
0: good. <laughs> well, my pick this week, I kind of mentioned it previously and it was, it was last pass. So if you're looking for kind of a password manager or something to put all that stuff into, um, but they also have a really great article and we'll link to it in the show notes. Um, uh, just preparing a digital will for your passwords. Um, mm. And it's, you know, it just sort of goes into like, you know, who needs it? You know, what sorts of things should you put, be putting into that? Um, you know, and they had like, you know, pieces of information like, um, you know, passwords to your computers, pin codes or passwords for your tablets or smartphones. Uh, what's the pin code for your voicemail, right? That might be an important hmm. one, right? If something happened right. to you and somebody need to go in and check your voice, cause there might be an important, um, urgent voicemail from a, uh, from a client as how to, how does somebody go in and access that, um, you know, bank pins, loyalty cards, all that kind of stuff. Right. So hmm. having all those things, you know, in, um, You know, in a document. So this is a really good article. It gets you kind of thinking about um, having a digital will. So, again, link to that in the show notes. Awesome. Well, I guess that brings us to the end of another episode of Twip Weddings. Of course, we want to thank our uh, sponsors for their support and uh, remind you know uh, you to send in your questions for the show and share your thoughts by commenting on the blog post for this episode. So, Brian, where can people go if they want to keep up with you? And what um, have you got coming up, actually? Yeah, what have you got coming up? So, yeah.
1: so um, photography education-wise, um, everything I write and do and talk about is over at sproutingphotographer.com. So we've got our podcast that we do twice a week, all about the business of photography. We write educational articles about the business of photography, and uh, we've got some pricing calculators over there as well. So if anyone's interested in going over there and diving into that, sproutingphotographer.com is where I live and breathe. And obviously our parent company here is Sprout Studio, our software. Uh, we talked about that in a previous episode. Um, obviously, if anyone's interested in that, get sproutstudio.com to help them organize their business uh, that's pretty much all I got going on. We're just, uh, like I said, I'm sort of back to work now. So this week is like catch up for me to kind of get back after a, three weeks of being away. But um, yeah, we're just kind of crushing through here with Sprout and doing lots of education. We're coming up to wedding season. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's coming up as well. I've scaled back my weddings this year just because of everything we got going on with Sprout. Sure. But I still have obviously quite a few weddings. So if you want to check out my website and what I do photography wise and my, some of my, my photos, uh, it's bcapphoto.com.
0: Excellent. Very good. And again, we'll link to all those things in the show notes if you're looking for Brian. Awesome. And if you are looking for me, again, you can find me over at my website, which is momentsindigital.com. Uh, we're coming into wedding season shortly here as well. So there's going to be lots of activity happening on the blog post with engagement sessions. Mm-hmm. Just finished a couple of styled shoots recently. So that was kind of fun doing some collaboration there during kind of while we're waiting for wedding season to, to kick off. And then, uh, yeah, and then we'll be pedal to the metal and, uh, right into it here right away so looking forward to wedding seasons kind of getting into high gear here so excellent and of course if you were looking for the show just visit our the website at thisweekinphoto.com uh there you can if you're listening to this on the web of course you can also subscribe to it in your favorite podcast catcher uh this show and lots of the other great shows that are on the uh, the twip network and uh of course you you can leave your comments there as well And thanks again for listening to Twip Weddings, raising the bar one wedding at a time.